Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Zach Crow Sports Podcast as we are here talking NFL football in anticipation for week number four of the NFL season. My name is Zach Kroll. I wanted to say thank you so much for joining me today and listening to the Zach Kroll Sports Podcast. So many things to talk about entering week number four. We'll talk about the Patriots and the Buccaneers, the big game, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. A lot of storylines dropping this week. I'll give some thoughts on that. A new segment, Zach's Top 10. A lot of people have been asking me, Zach, you're talking all about these teams. Who is the best team in football? If you listened on Tuesday's episode, I ended up saying it, but... I'm going to give you guys my top 10 teams in the NFL, 1 through 10. I'll tell you why. I want to hear your feedback. Also, we have a segment on the New York Giants. I'll tell you why I believe the New York Giants really, as just an organization in general, have failed to adapt, and I'll try to go deep into the wounds. Why have the Giants struggled? Why have they been one of the worst teams in the NFL over the last couple of years? We'll get into that. We'll also give the full picks for the Week 4 NFL slate. And you guys know how it is. I love talking football. If you want to get in contact with me, Instagram, Z-A-C underscore K-R-U-L-L. Twitter, Z-K-R-U-L-L-3. YouTube, Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y-K-R-U-L-L. Every segment from this podcast is uploaded right to YouTube. Hope everyone has a great day. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Here's me talking football. So I wanted to introduce a new segment here on the Zach Kroll Sports Podcast. A lot of people have been asking me, Zach, I want to know how you feel about the NFL. Because you always talk about so many teams, but who do you think is the best team in the NFL right now? If you watched or listened to last episode, you obviously heard my opinion on that. So kind of a spoiler there. But I'm going to give you guys my top 10 teams in the NFL right now. I don't know if we're going to be doing this segment every week, but we'll definitely be doing it often depending on what you guys think. And uh, yeah. I want to talk some football. I want to tell you guys who I think right now are the best teams in the league, uh, how I'm feeling about them, and why. So without further ado, I'll get some music going. Here are my top 10 teams in the NFL right now. My number 10 team in the NFL right now is a team that is 3-0. However, there's a twist. The three teams they've played have a combined record of 0-9, and that is Vic Fangio's Denver Broncos. And let me tell you guys something about Denver. I had my doubts on this team coming into the season. You know why? Because for the last two years going into the season, I've had the same mentality as a lot of other people do in the media right now. Denver has always had talent. However, the last two years between Joe Flacco and Drew Locke, They didn't have a trustworthy quarterback to succeed with this talent. And Vic Fangio, when he decided to announce Teddy Bridgewater as the starting quarterback, he realized that, look, we just need a quarterback not to make mistakes, not turn the ball over, and let these weapons like Jerry Judy, who's obviously hurt, but Cortland Sutton is back healthy. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams are two good running backs. No offense, a good tight end. And the Broncos defense is one of the better units in the league. Von Miller. Patrick Sertain looks like one of the better rookies in the NFL. I was harsh on Denver for not drafting Justin Fields, but this Sertain looks like a player. And look, Denver has to prove it to me a little bit more, obviously. There are some people that will consider them higher than 10. Let's see what they do at home against the Baltimore Ravens this week. Baltimore is a good team with a playoff pedigree, but they could easily be 0-3 right now. Give them credit for winning the last two games, but I think this is a winnable game for Denver 
at home against Baltimore on Sunday. They're my number 10 team at, uh, with a record of 3-0. My number 9 team in the NFL is those Baltimore Ravens. And I'll give the Ravens credit. They seem like a team that no matter what happens, they're so well coached and they're so committed to their identity of running the football. Obviously, Lamar Jackson will make some big-time throws here and there like he did on 4th and 19. Leading the Ravens into Detroit and getting a big win over the Lions on a Justin Tucker 66-yard field goal. But I'm excited for this Ravens-Bronco game on Sunday. I do think that these two teams have wild card written all over them. I'm sorry. As you'll see later in my top 10, I don't think Denver is winning the AFC West. And I don't think Baltimore is winning the AFC North. I will give the Ravens credit. Finding a way to win all of these games with the injuries they've sustained has been super impressive. Coach Harbaugh is one of the best coaches in the NFL, and I just love how two years ago the Ravens decided to build their offense around Lamar Jackson, decided to zig when the rest of the league decided to zag, and it's paying off. The Ravens should pay him big money sooner rather than later. I think Lamar Jackson is that good. And look, when it comes to Baltimore ceiling, can they be a playoff team? Yes. I want to see what Rashad Bateman does coming back from injury, the rookie wide receiver they drafted from Minnesota. Hollywood Brown is a good player, but he just dropped another pass in that game against the Lions. And I don't know. Sammy Watkins is good. Mark Andrews is a very good tight end. I just don't know if the Ravens offense scares me. I think they're just going to go as far as Lamar Jackson takes them. My number 18 in the NFL. Let's stay in the AFC. Let's go to the AFC West. The Las Vegas Raiders check in as my number eight team in the NFL right now. I've been saying it for years. Derek Carr is a quarterback you could win with. The last couple years when the Raiders haven't made the playoffs, I really didn't think it was his fault. He was playing really good football. I think he's improved over the last couple years, year by year. However, in year four under John Gruden, the Raiders made it clear. It is playoffs or bust this year or else we're in trouble. It's year four of this regime. We got to go. And it's crazy because week one, the Raiders thought they had won the game on the touchdown to Brian Edwards. Carr then throws a ball off Willie Sneed's hands. It's intercepted, and everyone's like, wow, the Ravens are really going to find a way to steal this game. But then the Raiders go into Heinz Field and take advantage of playing a bad Steeler team. They find a way to beat and outlast Jacoby Brissett and the Dolphins after, let's face it, they were down 14-0 in that game. And I like Miami's defense more than anyone Uh, That was an impressive win. Huge game. Monday night football this week. Raiders and Chargers. But look, the Raiders defense looks improved. I'll give Gus Bradley credit. I'll give John Gruden credit. Finally recognizing, look, even though Paul Gunther is my friend, I got to let him go. This defense is historically bad. And Gus Bradley has made this Raider defense at least average, which with this offense led by Derek Carr, it's getting the job done. Brian Edwards looks pretty good. Waller is a player. Hunter Renfro just converted on another third down. I like these Raiders. I do. And it's a big year. They got to make the playoffs. I put them over Denver right now simply because of the quarterback. I think Derek Carr is that good. I really do. At number seven, let's... Keep it in the AFC West. And we have to recognize and give credit to the team that just went into Arrowhead Stadium and beat the Chiefs. It's the Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert is the truth, man. He really is. What he's doing right now makes you realize how impressive it was last year when he came into the league 
and just took the NFL by storm. Because look at some of the other rookie quarterbacks. Justin Herbert had Anthony England as his head coach, by the way. I understand the Chargers have good weapons, but that's not the best head coach in the league. His clock management is not ideal. And Justin Herbert still threw 35 touchdowns, 10 picks, and one offensive rookie of the year. You will get Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, even Mac Jones right now. I would throw also, um, you know, a lot of the other Justin Fields into that category as well. The rookie quarterbacks are struggling, and Justin Herbert, as only a second-year quarterback, looks like he's just as good, maybe if not better, than Patrick Mahomes. What he was able to do in that game against Kansas City, converting on fourth downs, I love the aggressiveness of Brandon Staley. That was phenomenal. And let's face it, historically, a close game like that at Arrowhead Stadium, that's usually not a game. The Los Angeles Chargers find a way to win. I feel like over the last five or so years, the Chargers have really been a team that has had trouble winning close football games. And so far this year, Justin Herbert has gotten it done for them against Washington. He's gotten it done for them at Arrowhead Stadium against the Chiefs. Obviously, I think the Chargers would have beaten the Cowboys if they didn't just shoot themselves in the foot repeatedly uh, with penalties. And I think they're one of the five most talented teams in the NFL. I really do. They'll go as far as Justin Herbert takes them. I can't wait. Monday Night Football this week. Raiders, Chargers. I have the Chargers as my number seven team in the NFL right now. At number six, the Green Bay Packers. Look, I picked the Packers to come out of the NFC before the season started. And I'm not going to lie. At halftime of that week two game against the Detroit Lions, I was really questioning it. I was like, is Aaron Rodgers really focused on football right now? Or does he want to host Jeopardy? But then in the second half of that game, he lights up the Lions. We get it, it's the Lions. But I was so impressed with what Green Bay was able to do in that game on Sunday Night Football against the San Francisco 49ers. Here's the truth of the matter for the Packers, right? I think they're clearly the best team in the NFC North. I would be very surprised if they don't win the division. However, this regular season isn't really that important for Green Bay. Because they've showed us the last two regular seasons that all they do is win and then come up short in the NFC Championship game. I really believe that last year's loss to the Buccaneers is one of the worst losses in franchise history. The Packers, to me, last year felt like the best team in the NFL. And maybe they just are focused on getting to the playoffs healthy and catching momentum by December. We saw what Tampa Bay did last year. I was also impressed with the Packers' defense and really overall their play in the trenches. I was concerned about Joe Barry. His defense got torched by Jared Goff in Week 2. Luckily, Rodgers and company were able to outscore the Lions. But Green Bay was the more physically gifted team in this game. Their offensive line, who is without Corey Lindsley and David Bakhtiari, obviously Bach is hurt, Lindsley got traded. I think they played well. I like some of the pieces in their secondary. Obviously, Alexander, Amos, Savage. I like the kid Stokes from Georgia that they drafted. He looks like he's a good player. Maybe in an NFC that I think right now is the Rams and Tampa at the top, I think Green Bay should be in that conversation. I think right now Green Bay is the third best team in the NFC. At number five, let's go back to the AFC. Cleveland, the Browns check in at number five. And look, the Browns are a team that I think we all agreed going into the season. They were going to win a lot of regular season games. I just think the way their team is built is perfect for winning regular season football. And their offensive line, who last year was really the best offensive line in football, hasn't even played well. Jedrick Wills has been banged up. You hope that he could get healthy. But I just love Nick Chubb. I love Kareem Hunt. 
And Jarvis Landry is hurt, which is super unfortunate, but it hasn't phased Cleveland. They've taken advantage of a somewhat uh, easy schedule the last two weeks, getting the dubs over the Texans and the Bears, and it's crazy because Tyrod Taylor was putting up a good fight for the Houston Texans in that Week 2 game against Cleveland, but the Browns find a way to win, and their defense played really well in Week 3. I do think that's more of a result of just the Bears' offense being totally inept, but you give the Browns' defense credit. I just don't think Miles Garrett is going to be able to uh, get four and a half sacks each and every week. But look, the Browns are a threat in the AFC. They've given Kansas City trouble the last two times, and I get it. The Chiefs have won both games, but realistically, what happens if the Browns' punter doesn't fumble the ball in Week 1? Does Cleveland win that game? Maybe. I trust Kevin Stefanski. The only question is, on a big third and eight late in the game, is Baker Mayfield going to be able to make a big throw? That's still a question, but I do think, ultimately, he is the best option for Cleveland as a long-term quarterback. He's shown me enough throughout his NFL career that the locker room could rally around him. He's built for an offense like Kevin Stefanski's, and I do think he works hard. I would pay Baker Mayfield if I'm the Cleveland Browns sooner rather than later, just because that price uh, keeps going up. But look, Cleveland, I think right now, they are one of the best teams in the AFC and are definitely a Super Bowl contender if their quarterback could make a big throw. Props to Kevin Stefanski. They are at Minnesota this week. Big game for them as Stefanski faces his former team. Staying in the AFC for number four, I will have Buffalo. Look, not going to lie. I was concerned about Josh Allen the first two games of the season. I still can't believe the leap that this guy was able to make last year. I really think it was the most improved player in NFL history type stuff. He was that good last year. He was one of the four best quarterbacks in the league. In week three against a Washington defense that I thought was supposed to be pretty good, he lit them up. So props to him. However, I want to see Buffalo beat Kansas City. They may as well be the best team in the AFC. They might be. However, if they are, go to Arrowhead Stadium and beat the Chiefs. The Chargers did it. The Browns should have done it. There's no reason why in the biggest game of your season, where, let's face it, as good as Buffalo has been the last couple of years, they haven't beat Kansas City. I want to see them do that. I will give Josh Allen credit. He is much better than I would have ever expected him to be. Buffalo's defense has played much better than last year, which is a good thing. However, I'm concerned about their offensive line. They still don't really have that much of a running game. And even though Emmanuel Sanders played really well in week three, and Cole Beasley's a player. Are those guys, like, scaring a defensive coordinator compared to other wide receiver rooms? That's the only small question I have. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are going to win and lose the Bills a lot of games. Right now, I will have them at number four. They have a, a layup game this week. Home against Houston. Davis Mills getting the start most likely. If you are in a survivor pool, that would be probably the game to pick. The number three team in my power rankings... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champions. And look, I said this on Tuesday's episode. I think there are very few teams in the NFL that would have been able to go into the Los Angeles Coliseum and beat the Rams in week three. That's how motivated they were for this game. They really came to play. They played such sharp and non-mistake football. And Sean McVay did a phenomenal job. However, you trust Tom Brady in the big game. The Buccaneers have a lot of talent. A small concern for this team, though. I don't know how good their defense is. Last year, their pass rush was historically good, and this year it's been fine, but their secondary is so banged up, and it was a concern going in. They just signed Richard Sherman. We'll see if this changes anything, but their pass rush hasn't really been able to get to the quarterback, so their secondary has been getting burned. Last year, what made them so good and what led this team to a Super Bowl title 
partly was their pass rush and how good that was, especially in the Super Bowl. They really made Patrick Mahomes look lifeless out there, totally taking advantage of a banged-up Chiefs offensive line that really never stood a chance in that game. Tampa Bay will go to New England this week, and they have the big talent advantage in that game. It's probably one they should win, and we'll see how Tom Brady plays. I think he'll either play really well or and tear it up, or it's going to be an emotional spot for him, and he won't really know what to do. However, it's a game Tampa Bay should win. However, I think New England is going to be competitive. I really do. Um, Tampa Bay hasn't really been blowing anyone out. They easily could have lost to Dallas week one. Atlanta was in it in week two. I think the Falcons are one of the worst teams in the NFL. Not like Jets, Jaguars bad, but still, I would put them in the bottom five, six, seven. And they were competitive in Tampa. Last week, the Bucks really never stood a shot in that game against the Rams. I want to see how they respond in New England. I, st- I still think they're the second best team in the NFC. Carolina is right, is right now ahead of them in the NFC South. I still like Tampa Bay to win that division. But right now, if you ask me which defense is better, Carolina or Tampa, I would say Carolina. I really would. At number two, I still have the Kansas City Chiefs. I still think the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. I really do. And I'll tell you why. I understand they could easily be 0-3 right now. However, here's the crazy thing. They could easily be 3-0. They do not turn the ball over this often. We should know that. We've seen Patrick Mahomes throughout his career. The Chiefs fumbled the ball in Baltimore territory late in the fourth quarter, which would have set up the game-winning kick by Harrison Bucker. And then in the Charger game, they turned the ball over three times in the first half, two times in the red zone. Edwards Allaire fumbles again. Tyreek Hill fumbles. Mahomes throws an interception late. It was a disaster. And I understand the Chiefs' defense isn't particularly good. However, I don't think they could stay this bad throughout the season. I don't. I still think Kansas City is the best team in the AFC. And if they lose to Buffalo on Sunday Night Football in two weeks, then I'll be willing to put the Buffalo Bills at number one in terms of best teams in the AFC. I still think Kansas City wins the AFC West. Let's see Denver or the Raiders beat them in a big game. I think the Chargers are really good. You know, props to them for going into Arrowhead and getting the win. I loved Brandon Staley's aggressive play call. But I do think the Chargers are better than Denver and are better than the Raiders and Kansas City. I don't think they're turning the ball over that many times going forward. I really don't. Let's see what Josh Gordon could do as their newest acquisition as well. My number one team in the NFL right now is the Los Angeles Rams. I said it last week. I think Matthew Stafford was exactly what Sean McVay needed in a quarterback. He just expands the playbook for the Rams. And Jared Goff was decent. Sean McVay deserves credit for being able to get him to a Super Bowl. But Matthew Stafford just expands the playbook so much. He has instant chemistry with Cooper Cup. No other defense in the NFL has two guys that you have to game plan for. Like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. They could just blow up your game plan. They could win a game by themselves. And I think right now, even though it's week three, and big picture, we're going to have to say... Who is the best team in December? It doesn't really matter who in week three is the best team in the NFL. But if you were to ask me, it is the Los Angeles Rams. And it's impressive. Cam Akers has been hurt. Robert Woods hasn't really been able to get going yet. But Sean McVay, he has never lost a football game while his team has been leading at halftime. That's one of the crazy stats in the NFL. He's about 40-0, maybe a little more. And the Rams, even though they play in a tough NFC West, I really do think they are the best team. Notice, I didn't put San Francisco in this top 10. I think their secondary is shot, and I think Jimmy G is kind of just a guy. I think the 49ers would be better starting Trey Lance. Seattle's defense is not good. Arizona, even though they're 3-0, they could easily be 1-2 and, and almost lost to Jacksonville. They really had to sweat that one out. That's concerning for me. 
I have the Rams, even though they play in a tough NFC West, as my number one team in the NFL. So to recap, Denver at 10, Baltimore at 9. Those two teams play each other this week. Raiders at 8, Chargers at 7. Those two teams play each other this week. Packers at 6, Browns at 5, Bills at 4, Bucks at 3, Chiefs at 2, Rams at 1. So I wanted to introduce a new segment here on the Zach Kroll Sports Podcast. A lot of people have been asking me, Zach, I want to know how you feel about the NFL. Because you always talk about so many teams, but who do you think is the best team in the NFL right now? If you watched or listened to last episode, you obviously heard my opinion on that. So kind of a spoiler there. But I'm going to give you guys my top 10 teams in the NFL right now. I don't know if we're going to be doing this segment every week, but we'll definitely be doing it often depending on what you guys think. And uh, yeah. I want to talk some football. I want to tell you guys who I think right now are the best teams in the league, uh, how I'm feeling about them, and why. So without further ado, I'll get some music going. Here are my top 10 teams in the NFL right now. My number 10 team in the NFL right now is a team that is 3-0. However, there's a twist. The three teams they've played have a combined record of 0-9, and that is Vic Fangio's Denver Broncos. And let me tell you guys something about Denver. I had my doubts on this team coming into the season. You know why? Because for the last two years going into the season, I've had the same mentality as a lot of other people do in the media right now. Denver has always had talent. However, the last two years between Joe Flacco and Drew Locke, They didn't have a trustworthy quarterback to succeed with this talent. And Vic Fangio, when he decided to announce Teddy Bridgewater as the starting quarterback, he realized that, look, we just need a quarterback not to make mistakes, not turn the ball over, and let these weapons like Jerry Judy, who's obviously hurt, but Cortland Sutton is back healthy, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams are two good running backs, no offense, a good tight end, and the Broncos' defense is one of the better units in the league, Von Miller. Patrick Sertain looks like one of the better rookies in the NFL. I was harsh on Denver for not drafting Justin Fields, but this Sertain looks like a player. And look, Denver has to prove it to me a little bit more, obviously. There are some people that will consider them higher than 10. Let's see what they do at home against the Baltimore Ravens this week. Baltimore is a good team with a playoff pedigree, but they could easily be 0-3 right now. Give them credit for winning the last two games, but I think this is a winnable game for Denver at home against Baltimore on Sunday. They're my number 10 team uh, with a record of 3-0. My number 9 team in the NFL is those Baltimore Ravens. And I'll give the Ravens credit. They seem like a team that no matter what happens, they're so well coached and they're so committed to their identity of running the football. Obviously, Lamar Jackson will make some big-time throws here and there like he did on 4th and 19 leading the Ravens into Detroit and getting a big win over the Lions on a Justin Tucker 66-yard field goal. But I'm excited for this Ravens-Bronco game on Sunday. I do think that these two teams have wild card written all over them. I'm sorry. As you'll see later in my top 10, I don't think Denver is winning the AFC West. And I don't think Baltimore is winning the AFC North. I will give the Ravens credit. Finding a way to win all of these games with the injuries they've sustained has been super impressive. Coach Harbaugh is one of the best coaches in the NFL, and I just love how two years ago the Ravens decided to build their offense around Lamar Jackson, decided to zig when the rest of the league decided to zag, and it's paying off. The Ravens should pay him big money 
sooner rather than later. I think Lamar Jackson is that good. And look, when it comes to Baltimore ceiling, can they be a playoff team? Yes. I want to see what Rashad Bateman does coming back from injury, the rookie wide receiver they drafted from Minnesota. Hollywood Brown is a good player, but he just dropped another pass in that game against the Lions. And I don't know. Sammy Watkins is good. Mark Andrews is a very good tight end. I just don't know if the Ravens' offense scares me. I think they're just going to go as far as Lamar Jackson takes them. My number 18 in the NFL. Let's stay in the AFC. Let's go to the AFC West. The Las Vegas Raiders check in as my number 18 in the NFL right now. I've been saying it for years. Derek Carr is a quarterback you could win with. The last couple years when the Raiders haven't made the playoffs, I really didn't think it was his fault. He was playing really good football. I think he's improved over the last couple years, year by year. However, in year four under John Gruden, the Raiders made it clear. It is playoffs or bust this year or else we're in trouble. It's year four of this regime. We got to go. And it's crazy because week one, the Raiders thought they had won the game on the touchdown to Brian Edwards. Carr then throws a ball off Willie Sneed's hands. It's intercepted and everyone's like, wow, the Ravens are really going to find a way to steal this game. But then the Raiders go into Heinz Field and take advantage of playing a bad Steeler team. They find a way to beat and outlast Jacoby Brissett and the Dolphins after, let's face it, they were down 14-0 in that game. And I like Miami's defense more than anyone. Uh, that was an impressive win. Huge game. Monday night football this week. Raiders and Chargers. But look, the Raiders defense looks improved. I'll give Gus Bradley credit. I'll give John Gruden credit. Finally recognizing, look, even though Paul Gunther is my friend, I got to let him go. This defense is historically bad. And Gus Bradley has made this Raider defense at least average, which with this offense led by Derek Carr, it's getting the job done. Brian Edwards looks pretty good. Waller is a player. Hunter Renfro just converted on another third down. I like these Raiders. I do. And it's a big year. They got to make the playoffs. I put them over Denver right now simply because of the quarterback. I think Derek Carr is that good. I really do. At number seven, let's keep it in the AFC West. And we have to recognize and give credit to the team that just went into Arrowhead Stadium and beat the Chiefs. It's the Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert is the truth, man. He really is. What he's doing right now makes you realize how impressive it was last year when he came into the league and just took the NFL by storm. Because look at some of the other rookie quarterbacks. Justin Herbert had Anthony Lynn as his head coach, by the way. I understand the Chargers have good weapons, but that's not the best head coach in the league. His clock management is not ideal. And Justin Herbert still threw 35 touchdowns, 10 picks, and one offensive rookie of the year. You will get Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, even Mac Jones right now. I would throw also, um, you know, a lot of the other Justin Fields into that category as well. The rookie quarterbacks are struggling, and Justin Herbert, as only a second-year quarterback, looks like he's just as good, maybe if not better, than Patrick Mahomes. What he was able to do in that game against Kansas City, converting on fourth downs, I love the aggressiveness of Brandon Staley. That was phenomenal. And let's face it, historically, a close game like that at Arrowhead Stadium 
that's usually not a game. The Los Angeles Chargers find a way to win. I feel like over the last five or so years, the Chargers have really been a team that has had trouble winning close football games. And so far this year, Justin Herbert has gotten it done for them against Washington. He's gotten it done for them at Arrowhead Stadium against the Chiefs. Obviously, I think the Chargers would have beaten the Cowboys if they didn't just shoot themselves in the foot repeatedly uh, with penalties. And I think they're one of the five most talented teams in the NFL. I really do. They'll go as far as Justin Herbert takes them. I can't wait. Monday Night Football this week. Raiders, Chargers. I have the Chargers as my number seven team in the NFL right now. At number six, the Green Bay Packers. Look, I picked the Packers to come out of the NFC before the season started. And I'm not going to lie. At halftime of that week two game against the Detroit Lions, I was really questioning it. I was like, is Aaron Rodgers really focused on football right now? Or does he want to host Jeopardy? But then in the second half of that game, he lights up the Lions. We get it, it's the Lions. But I was so impressed with what Green Bay was able to do in that game on Sunday Night Football against the San Francisco 49ers. Here's the truth of the matter for the Packers, right? I think they're clearly the best team in the NFC North. I would be very surprised if they don't win the division. However, this regular season isn't really that important for Green Bay. Because they've showed us the last two regular seasons that all they do is win and then come up short in the NFC Championship game. I really believe that last year's loss to the Buccaneers is one of the worst losses in franchise history. The Packers, to me, last year felt like the best team in the NFL. And maybe they just are focused on getting to the playoffs healthy and catching momentum by December. We saw what Tampa Bay did last year. I was also impressed with the Packers' defense and really overall their play in the trenches. I was concerned about Joe Barry. His defense got torched by Jared Goff in Week 2. Luckily, Rodgers and company were able to outscore the Lions. But Green Bay was the more physically gifted team in this game. Their offensive line, who is without Corey Lindsley and David Bakhtiari, obviously Bach is hurt and Lindsley got traded. I think they played well. I like some of the pieces in their secondary. Obviously, Alexander, Amos, Savage. I like the kid Stokes from Georgia that they drafted. He looks like he's a good player. Maybe in an NFC that I think right now is the Rams and Tampa at the top, I think Green Bay should be in that conversation. I think right now Green Bay is the third best team in the NFC. At number five, let's go back to the AFC. Cleveland, the Browns check in at number five. And look, the Browns are a team that I think we all agreed going into the season, they were going to win a lot of regular season games. I just think the way their team is built is perfect for winning regular season football. And their offensive line, who last year was really the best offensive line in football, hasn't even played well. Jedrick Willis has been banged up. You hope that he could get healthy. But I just love Nick Chubb. I love Kareem Hunt. And Jarvis Landry is hurt, which is super unfortunate. But it hasn't phased Cleveland. They've taken advantage of a somewhat uh, easy schedule the last two weeks, getting the dubs over the Texans and the Bears. And it's crazy because Tyrod Taylor was putting up a good fight for the Houston Texans in that week two game against Cleveland. But the Browns find a way to win and their defense played really well in week three. I do think that's more of a result of just the Bears offense being totally inept. But you give the Browns defense credit. I just don't think Miles Garrett is going to be able to uh, get four and a half sacks each and every week. But look, the Browns are a threat in the AFC. They've given Kansas City trouble the last two times, and I get it. The Chiefs have won both games. But realistically, what happens if the Browns punter doesn't fumble the ball in week one? Does Cleveland win that game? Maybe. 
I trust Kevin Stefanski. The only question is, on a big third and eight late in the game, is Baker Mayfield going to be able to make a big throw? That's still a question, but I do think, ultimately, he is the best option for Cleveland as a long-term quarterback. He's shown me enough throughout his NFL career that the locker room could rally around him. He's built for an offense like Kevin Stefanski's, and I do think he works hard. I would pay Baker Mayfield if I'm the Cleveland Browns sooner rather than later just because that price uh, keeps going up. But look, Cleveland... I think right now they are one of the best teams in the AFC and are definitely a Super Bowl contender if their quarterback could make a big throw. Props to Kevin Stefanski. They are at Minnesota this week. Big game for them as Stefanski faces his former team. Staying in the AFC for number four, I will have Buffalo. Look, not going to lie, I was concerned about Josh Allen the first two games of the season. I still can't believe the leap that this guy was able to make last year. I really think it was the most improved player in NFL history type stuff he was that good last year he was one of the four best quarterbacks in the league in week three against a Washington defense that I thought was supposed to be pretty good he lit them up so props to him however I want to see Buffalo beat Kansas City they may as well be the best team in the AFC they might be however if they are go to Arrowhead Stadium and beat the Chiefs the Chargers did it the Browns should have done it there's no reason why in the biggest game of your season where let's face it as good as Buffalo has been the last couple of years they haven't beat Kansas City I want to see them do that I will give Josh Allen credit he is much better than I would have ever expected him to be Buffalo's defense has played much better than last year which is a good thing however I'm concerned about their offensive line they still don't really have that much of a running game and even though Emmanuel Sanders played really well in week three and Colby's a player are those guys like scaring a defensive coordinator compared to other wide receiver rooms that's the only small question I have Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are going to win and lose the Bills a lot of games right now I will have them at number four they have a, a layup game this week home against Houston Davis Mills getting the start most likely if you are in a survivor pool that would be probably the game to pick the number three team in my power rankings the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champions. And look, I said this on Tuesday's episode. I think there are very few teams in the NFL that would have been able to go into the Los Angeles Coliseum and beat the Rams in week three. That's how motivated they were for this game. They really came to play. They played such sharp and non-mistake football. And Sean McVay did a phenomenal job. However, you trust Tom Brady in the big game. The Buccaneers have a lot of talent. A small concern for this team, though. I don't know how good their defense is. Last year, their pass rush was historically good, and this year it's been fine, but their secondary is so banged up, and it was a concern going in. They just signed Richard Sherman. We'll see if this changes anything, but their pass rush hasn't really been able to get to the quarterback, so their secondary has been getting burned. Last year, what made them so good and what led this team to a Super Bowl title partly was their pass rush and how good that was, especially in the Super Bowl. They really made Patrick Mahomes look lifeless out there, totally taking advantage of a banged-up Chiefs offensive line that really never stood a chance in that game. Tampa Bay will go to New England this week, and they have the big talent advantage in that game. It's probably one they should win, and we'll see how Tom Brady plays. I think he'll either play really well or and tear it up, or it's going to be an emotional spot for him, and he won't really know what to do. However, it's a game Tampa Bay should win. However, 
I think New England is going to be competitive. I really do. Um, Tampa Bay hasn't really been blowing anyone out. They easily could have lost to Dallas week one. Atlanta was in it in week two. I think the Falcons are one of the worst teams in the NFL. Not like Jets, Jaguars bad, but still, I would put them in the bottom five, six, seven. And they were competitive in Tampa. Last week, the Bucks really never stood a shot in that game against the Rams. I want to see how they respond in New England. I, st- I still think they're the second best team in the NFC. Carolina is right, is right now ahead of them in the NFC South. I still like Tampa Bay to win that division. But right now, if you ask me which defense is better, Carolina or Tampa, I would say Carolina. I really would. At number two, I still have the Kansas City Chiefs. I still think the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. I really do. And I'll tell you why. I understand they could easily be 0-3 right now. However, here's the crazy thing. They could easily be 3-0. They do not turn the ball over this often. We should know that. We've seen Patrick Mahomes throughout his career. The Chiefs fumbled the ball in Baltimore territory late in the fourth quarter, which would have set up the game-winning kick by Harrison Bucker. And then in the Charger game, they turned the ball over three times in the first half, two times in the red zone. Edwards Alaire fumbles again. Tyreek Hill fumbles. Mahomes throws an interception late. It was a disaster. And I understand the Chiefs' defense isn't particularly good. However, I don't think they could stay this bad throughout the season. I don't. I still think Kansas City is the best team in the AFC. And if they lose to Buffalo on Sunday Night Football in two weeks, then I'll be willing to put the Buffalo Bills at number one in terms of best teams in the AFC. I still think Kansas City wins the AFC West. Let's see Denver or the Raiders beat them in a big game. I think the Chargers are really good. You know, props to them for going into Arrowhead and getting the win. I loved Brandon Staley's aggressive play call. But I do think the Chargers are better than Denver and are better than the Raiders and Kansas City. I don't think they're turning the ball over that many times going forward. I really don't. Let's see what Josh Gordon could do as their newest acquisition as well. My number one team in the NFL right now is the Los Angeles Rams. I said it last week. I think Matthew Stafford was exactly what Sean McVay needed in a quarterback. He just expands the playbook for the Rams. And Jared Goff was decent. Sean McVay deserves credit for being able to get him to a Super Bowl But Matthew Stafford just expands the playbook so much. He has instant chemistry with Cooper Cup. No other defense in the NFL has two guys that you have to game plan for, like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. They could just blow up your game plan. They could win a game by themselves. And I think right now, even though it's week three, and big picture, we're going to have to say, who is the best team in December? It doesn't really matter who in week three is the best team in the NFL. But if you were to ask me, It is the Los Angeles Rams, and it's impressive. Cam Akers has been hurt. Robert Woods hasn't really been able to get going yet, but Sean McVay, he has never lost a football game while his team has been leading at halftime. That's one of the crazy stats in the NFL. He's about 40-0, maybe a little more. And the Rams, even though they play in a tough NFC West, I really do think they are the best team. Notice, I didn't put San Francisco in this top 10. I think their secondary is shot, and I think Jimmy G is kind of just a guy. I think the 49ers would be better starting Trey Lance. Seattle's defense is not good. Arizona, even though they're 3-0, they could easily be 1-2 and and almost lost to Jacksonville. They really had to sweat that one out. That's concerning for me. I have the Rams, even though they play in a tough NFC West, as my number one team in the NFL. So to recap, Denver at 10, Baltimore at 9. Those two teams play each other this week. Raiders at 8, Chargers at 7. Those two teams play each other this week. Packers at 6. Browns at five, Bills at four, Bucks at three, Chiefs at two, Rams at one. Moving on to the next segment of today's show, there is a regular season football game 
taking place this weekend that I think actually is one of the biggest regular season football games since I've started watching football that I'm going to be anticipating. And it's between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the New England Patriots, Tom Brady's return to Foxborough. And there are obviously going to be a lot of storylines going in. I think we all expected the week going into this game, there were going to be a lot of stories from a lot of sources dropping. Obviously, ESPN's Seth Wickersham apparently uh, wrote a book detailing everything uh, going on during the Patriots dynasty, especially in the last couple of years, mentioned a lot of fights that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick would get into, Robert Kraft involved as well. And these two sides going at it is going to be such a crazy game. It's going to be such a crazy environment. Bill Belichick knows Tom Brady better than anyone. Tom Brady knows Bill Belichick better than anyone. And even though Tampa Bay on paper right now, it looks like they have the better, more talented team. I do think that Belichick could frustrate Brady a little bit in the first half of this game. The Patriots are at home. They need this game desperately. They are 0-2 at home already this season, and it's going to be a great football game, and I'm really looking forward to it. But a couple things. I think we all were on the same page when Tom Brady decided to leave New England for Tampa Bay. I gave Brady credit for that move because it was clear that not only Tom Brady was willing to leave New England, it was clear he was just kind of done with Bill Belichick as a head coach. I understand it. When you work with someone for 20 years, you're going to get sick of each other. And based on all the success they had, they probably just got bored. And they were, you know, each side really probably thinks deep down they were the main reason for all of the championships. It's been showed that Bill Belichick, at least it sounds like, has failed to adjust a little bit in his head coaching philosophy. But at the same time, I shouldn't even be saying he's failing to adjust just because his way of letting players go a year early opposed to a year late, that resulted in winning this Patriot team so many championships. During the Brady-Belichick era, how many times did we sit back and say to ourselves, wow, uh, these guys, they're out of it. They're done. You remember Trent Dilfer on Monday Night Football? Tom Brady is falling off a cliff and the Patriots aren't good anymore. Uh, I don't think that is necessarily the case when it comes to these New England Patriots and the way Brady ended his career. But it was clear the last year that whether it was Brady just not being good enough, whether it was the lack of weapons, and I think that's a key point here as well, Bill Belichick the general manager failed Tom Brady, the quarterback. And I'm not even that upset by Bill Belichick and the way that he's coaching and just Tom Brady wanted to leave. He got sick of him. Like, I get it. Bill Belichick has every reason to keep his coaching philosophy. It's worked. He won six Super Bowls and he is probably the best head coach in NFL history. But at the same time, he's under 500 without Tom Brady. I'm just stating a fact. Take with that uh, fact what you wish and it's clear that Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay, it was a great situation for him. The weapons fit perfectly around Tom Brady, the quarterback, in Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers' defense was one of the best in the league last year and really led them to a Super Bowl title. He had the weapons. He had a head coach in Bruce Arians and an offensive coordinator in Byron Leftwich that would really you know, let him do anything he wanted in the offense. And the Buccaneers were going in 7-9 and nine consistently. And Tom Brady and his winning mentality and his winning attitude comes in right away and leads the Buccaneers in year one with no preseason, no offseason workouts, normal, and uh, free agency over Zoom. Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay and wins them a Super Bowl championship. Meanwhile, I love Bill Belichick. I, like, I do. I think he's 
a top coach in the NFL right now, one of the best, probably the best head coach of all time. But look at the Patriots right now. What exactly are they doing? They're trying to recreate the wheel with Mac Jones and Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry and Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. I hate to say it, a big narrative for the Patriots going into the offseason was just how much money they spent in free agency and how uncharacteristic that was of Bill Belichick. And because the Patriots are spending money, everyone thought that Bill Belichick as a general manager would know how to spend that money. But let's face it, it hasn't worked. And given Bill Belichick's history of drafting over the last four or five years, that's why the Patriots, from a personnel perspective, I believe are in trouble. Right now, they don't look like a playoff team to me. And I'll admit, I liked the decision Bill Belichick made giving Mac Jones the starting quarterback job, moving on from Cam Newton. I think it was clear to me last year, Cam Newton just wasn't really an NFL starting quarterback anymore. And I really thought if Cam had anything left, he would be able to make it work with Josh McDaniels, with Bill Belichick, some of the greatest offensive minds of all time. And unfortunately, Cam was just, you know, he was done. And Cam Newton was a quarterback who I just didn't think had much football left. He's one of the best running back, running quarterbacks of all time. But injuries, I think, got in his way over the last two, three years. And they drafted Mac Jones for a reason. I like Mac Jones. I think that Nick Saban is a coach that knew what exactly to get from him. He knew how to put him in the best situation to succeed. And Bill Belichick is a Nick Saban guy. Everyone believed in the fit with Mac Jones going to New England. And I still think it could work. But at the same time, the only point I'm making is that the Patriots, when we talk about rookie quarterbacks right now and how with the Jets and with the Jaguars and with the Bears, those are the three that come to mind for most. A lot of people will say, excuse me, these guys are struggling and it's because of the situation they're in. They don't have a lot around them. And I actually do think the Patriots are another team that belong directly into that category. I'm saying all this to make the point of, I do think as great of a head coach as Bill Belichick is, he's the best head coach of all time. He's won six Super Bowls and he's, he drafted and developed Tom Brady. He deserves so much credit for that. And he has had a phenomenal career, but Bill Belichick, I think, deserves some blame for letting Tom Brady go. A lot of people were questioning how much football Tom Brady had left in his career. However, if one person should know that it was that the problem was it was just a lack of weapons around Tom Brady, and I think it's fair to say that when you look at the Buccaneers, they have Evans and Godwin and Antonio Brown and running backs like Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. That's the Tom Brady effect. No matter what team Tom Brady is on, Veteran and good players are going to want to go play with him. Look at Richard Sherman. We didn't know for the first couple weeks of the season where he was going to sign. All of a sudden, the Buccaneers have a clear hole in their secondary, and immediately he wants to play with Tom Brady when, let's face it, when Richard Sherman was on the LOB Seahawks teams, that was his biggest rival, the You Mad Bro meme. That's a phenomenal meme, um, and dating back to the Patriot and Seahawks games, and Richard Sherman decides to go to Tampa Bay. I actually just think the Patriots are in a tough spot right now. And there are two different paths, I think, when you look at this game. One path is Bill Belichick is the best coach of all time. If it wasn't for him, the Patriots would not 
be nearly as successful as they were during the Brady-Belichick run. He developed and drafted and made Tom Brady. He coached very good defenses. He hired and found Josh McDaniels and Romeo Cornell, Charlie Weiss, so many good assistant coaches like Matt Patricia, Brian Flores, Bill Belichick's coaching tree. Even though they may not be the best head coaches, they were great assistant coaches and they put the team in a great position to win, and Belichick is the best defensive mind I've ever seen in the NFL, and he's a great coach. I'm not denying that. All I'm saying is that when I look at the New England Patriots right now, I don't think they're close, and I think even though Belichick may throw some things to confuse Brady early on in the game, the game is in Foxborough, the atmosphere is going to be phenomenal, I actually think that I wouldn't be shocked if Tom Brady didn't particularly play his best game just because it's going to be such a weird environment for him as an away player. There are going to be plenty of Patriot fans in the stands, not only wearing a Brady Buccaneer jersey, but really rooting for him. It's going to be a weird situation. So I wouldn't be shocked if... While everyone is out here predicting Brady is going to have like five touchdowns and 500 yards, I wouldn't be shocked if he has like one or two touchdowns for like 300. And even with that being said, I still think the Buccaneers should win this game rather easily just because the Patriots looked really bad against the Saints last week. I'm not going to lie. Matt Jones threw one touchdown and the pick six he threw was just on a bad bounce. But the Patriots are just spending so much money on their offensive weapons. And still, if I'm looking at their offense from a defensive coordinator's perspective in preparation for a game, like who is scaring you? You know, Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. I like Damian Harris, but he's the number one threat on your offense. And even behind a good Patriots offensive line, let's be honest, they've had trouble running the football. Like the Patriots are supposed to be good in the trenches and they are, and they still can't win. That's the crazy part. Who would have thought that Jameis Winston of any quarterback would be the one not to fall into any turnovers on a road game in September against a Bill Belichick coach defense? And Tom Brady, I get he didn't play great last week against the Rams, but the Rams, as I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, no one is beating them on that week three game. That's how good they were. The Los Angeles Rams are a team going forward that... To be honest, I don't think many teams could have beaten them in that spot in week three. And I think the Buccaneers, even though their defense is a little bit concerning right now, especially in the secondary, I don't think New England is going to be a team that will be able to take advantage of that. Who scares you as a down-the-field deep threat on the Patriots? I'm still waiting for an answer. It's not Nelson Aguilar. It's not Kendrick Bourne. And the Buccaneers, they're getting Antonio Brown back, uh, Godwin, Evans, You know, even their tight ends, Gronk has looked really good throughout the first couple games. I know he got hurt in week three. I do expect him to get to get back rolling. He's going to be fascinated to play in New England. You remember Bill Belichick wanted to trade Rob Gronkowski to the Detroit Lions. And Gronk literally said, if you trade me to the Lions, I will retire. He Belichick probably thought it was time to get rid of Gronk. And it really does show Robert Kraft in the situation as well. I've always been really fascinated by the Jimmy Garoppolo saga and everything that went down there. Clearly, Tom Brady wasn't happy that Jimmy G got drafted in the first place, but that was Bill Belichick. He was sending a message that, okay, we're going to develop Jimmy G in the system for a couple years, and eventually, sooner rather than later, it's going to be Tom Brady's time to go. But Brady obviously wasn't happy about that, and Robert Kraft had no problem letting Jimmy G go in a trade to the San Francisco 49ers. And Belichick probably felt 
a little bit upset about that. He, he re- must have really thought Jimmy G was going to be a good option to be the franchise quarterback going forward. And Tom Brady is just such a specimen. He's such an outlier. He's a guy that is getting better with age. And no one could have expected Tom Brady at age 44 to still be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But, it, but Bill Belichick, if anyone once again should have known that Tom Brady still had plenty of football left and that him as the general manager really did fail the New England Patriots. He really hasn't hit a draft pick since Joe Tooney in the 2017 NFL draft. He took Nikhil Harry over guys like Metcalf and Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin. Uh, You know, the Cam Newton signing didn't work out. There have been plenty of things that Belichick has done as a GM that, quite frankly, didn't get the job done for the New England Patriots. And they both deserve credit. Six Super Bowl rings. It was such a great run. But I find it interesting that sometimes we just look at Bill Belichick and say he's the best coach of all time, which he is. But we're not allowed to criticize him sometimes after saying that. And a lot of times it doesn't end well. It doesn't end in a honeymoon when it comes to legends leaving uh, a sport that they've been dominating for so long. And I hate to say it. I think Bill Belichick may be trending towards that. I really don't know how many good years of football the Patriots have left. They're just not close right now. Let's see how they play Sunday night against the, against the Buccaneers and Tom Brady in Foxborough. It's going to be a phenomenal atmosphere and a phenomenal game. Can't wait. To end today's show, we will be ending it the same way we end every Thursday show. It is time for the NFL picks to start this NFL season. I have a record of 28-20. and 20. We had a good week last week going 10-6. and six. Not the best we could do, but slow improvements after going 9-7 and seven each of the first two weeks. So, without further ado, hit the music. It's time to pick all 16 NFL games for this week. Thursday night football, the Jacksonville Jaguars, led by Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. They're sitting with an 0-3 record. They will be heading to Cincinnati, Ohio, taking on Joe Burrow in the 2-1 Cincinnati Bengals. Cincy coming off a big-time road win over Pittsburgh. One of the better wins they've had in the Zach Taylor era. And as crazy as this sounds, the Bengals were a team, even though I love Joe Burrow and I do absolutely think he belongs in the conversation of the best young quarterback in the NFL. But the Bengals had some negative vibes around that team following the one in one week two loss to the Bears, which put them at one and one. Um, I didn't know and I still don't know if Zach Taylor is really the coach for this job. But at the same time, if the Bengals could somehow take advantage of an easy schedule so far, beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're sitting at 3-1. and one, And that, I feel like, could be a record that when people look at the standings, they're not going to really be seeing that one coming. But the Jaguars, I just don't think they are a good football team right now. They had a chance against Arizona. They fought hard. I don't think they do the same on the road on a short week. I will take Cincinnati to go to 3-1 and one and to beat the Jaguars. Let's go to the 1 o'clock games on Sunday. This is a good one. The Carolina Panthers, they're sitting with a record of 3-0. They're heading on the road to Jerry World, taking on the 2-1 Dallas Cowboys. And Christian McCaffrey is not going to play in this game. I like Chuba Hubbard. I think he's a capable running back. However, I think the Dallas Cowboys are winning this football game. I think the way they played on Monday Night Football against Philadelphia for the first time in a while, Mike McCarthy's team actually showed up and played well in a big game. And I think Carolina, I think they are a playoff team, but I think they're not going to start the season 4-0. I think Dallas gets in the win column here and really starts to take control of the NFC East. 
There's no reason why they shouldn't win this division. I think it is clear that Dak Prescott is the most talented quarterback in this division. The Cowboys have the most talented team. I love Kellen Moore as a play caller. The one concern, once again, is hopefully Mike McCarthy just doesn't get in the way of it all too much. I don't really know what his role is on this team. He doesn't run the offense. He doesn't run the defense. I guess he just makes the important decisions like clock management and whether to go for it on fourth down or not. And usually that doesn't end well for Dallas. But at the same time, I will take them to beat Carolina. Uh, I think they're very talented and will get the win at home. The Kansas City Chiefs, they're struggling right now, sitting with a record of one and two, losing two consecutive games. They'll be on the road facing another one and two team, Andy Reid's former team, the Philadelphia Eagles. And this should be a good one. I look at the Kansas City Chiefs and think if they lose this game, then the real concerns and the real panic should start. Kansas City has lost the first, the last two games. I totally understand that. But I think they were fluky. I really do. Even though their defense wasn't great, they turned the ball over a combined seven times. I don't expect them to do that again. I like the Chiefs to beat the Eagles. And I expect this offense to get rolling. Jalen Hurts had a lot of trouble moving the ball against the Dallas Cowboy defense, which I get it. It's improved. It's a much better than uh, unit than a year before with the development of Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. But, I don't know. I just think the Eagles... I I like Nick Sariani to start, but his game plan the other night was horrible. On a short week, even though the game is in Philly, I like the Chiefs to beat the Eagles pretty comfortably. Let's go to the NFC. The New York Giants. They're sitting with a record of 0-3. They'll be on the road to New Orleans to take on a 2-1 Saints team. Now, the Saints deserve credit. I did not think last week bringing Jameis Winston into Gillette Stadium was going to be something that ended well for New Orleans just based on Belichick's history against turnover-prone quarterbacks. Everyone says usually, oh, it's the rookie quarterbacks that struggle against Belichick. Yes, but mainly it's the quarterbacks that just turn the ball over repeatedly, and that's a place where Jameis Winston really does fall into that category. I think the Saints win this game at home. They're going to be pumped up. First game with fans in the Superdome in over a year. Sean Payton is the better coach than Joe Judge. Uh, I don't think the Giants' defense is as good as it was last year. I think they're in trouble. I look at their schedule. I don't necessarily know where the wins are coming from. I will take the Saints to get the win over the Giants and to go to 3-1. and one. <coughs> This is one of the better games of the week. The Cleveland Browns, they're sitting with a record of 2-1. and one. They're heading on the road to the 1-2 Minnesota Vikings. And I'll say this. Minnesota could easily be 3-0. and oh. And they played really well last week against Seattle. There was never really a point in that game where I expected them to lose. They were the comfortable, clearly better team from start to finish. Minnesota's an odd team, though. They're one of those teams where you wouldn't be surprised if they beat anyone or you wouldn't be surprised if they just lose to anyone, especially in heartbreaking fashion, like the way they did against the Arizona Cardinals and Cincinnati Bengals the first two weeks of the season. I'm going to take Cleveland in this game. I think they're the better team. I think they're the more consistent team. And even though they're playing on the road, I trust Cleveland's game plan. I think Stefanski is going to want to coach and play well against his former team. Obviously, he did a great job with the Vikings. Uh, Kirk Cousins last year, especially in 2019. Um, Cousins has been playing well, but I don't necessarily think he's been the same quarterback since uh, Stefanski left. And when I look at the Vikings, even though they're a talented team, And the NFC is very weak. 
I still don't see them as a playoff team. I see Cleveland as one of the best teams in the AFC. I will take the Browns to go on the road to Minnesota and win. The Washington football team. They're sitting with a record of 2-1. and one. They've been, to be quite honest with you, one of the more disappointing teams in the NFL just because their defense, which was supposed to be one of the best units in the league, they can't stop anyone. And I get it. It was Josh Allen and the Bills. That's one of the better offenses in the league. But you couldn't even stop the New York Giants. Washington could easily be 0-3 right now. To be honest, they should be 0-3 right now. They're heading on the road to Atlanta to take on the 1-2 Falcons. And I will give the Falcons credit. They found a way to beat the New York Giants last week. And I know that's not saying much, but we historically know how the Falcons do in close games over the last couple years. It's not good. With that being said, I'm going to take the Washington football team to go on the road and win this game. I think Matt Ryan is cooked. I understand he played well and got the win for Atlanta last week, but I just think when I look at Matt Ryan, there's not much left. Mike Davis, he played well last week, but if the Washington football team could get better against any offense, it has to be the Falcons, right? I, I think the Falcons are one of the worst team, teams in the league, but if Taylor Heineke doesn't play well and the Washington defense continues to crap the bed, Washington might not be far behind. I'm telling you, I think Ron Rivera coaches these guys up a little bit better. Arthur Smith, the first-year head coach, I don't trust him in this spot. I will take the Washington football team to go on the road to Atlanta and beat the Falcons. The Tennessee Titans, they're sitting with a 2-1 record. A couple nice wins in a row, beating Seattle, beating Indianapolis. They will be heading to MetLife Stadium to take on Zach Wilson, Robert Sala, and the 0-3 New York Jets. And it's hard not to take the Titans in this matchup. I totally understand. However, I think if you're the Jets, this is not a defense where it's impossible for Zach Wilson to play well against. The Titans' defense, it's soft. I don't think it's a particularly good unit. And I think the Titans as a team still have their flaws. However, here's the problem. The AFC South is just not good in general. Houston, Jacksonville, we know those aren't good football teams. The Indianapolis Colts, are 0-3, and they have a tough road game, which we're going to pick in a second, in South Beach against the Dolphins, who are coming off one just terrible effort, and then last week they lost a heartbreaker. I think if the Colts lose that game, they could be in serious trouble. And even though I think the Titans are a team with plenty of issues, right now they look like to be in the best position to win the AFC South. I think the Jets' offense is going to play better in this game because they really they have to. I mean, I don't know how it could get worse in the last two weeks. One throwing four interceptions for Zach Wilson. Then the other game in Denver, the Jets couldn't even score a point. You thought by letting Adam Gaze go and bringing in a new quarterback, things would at least get a little bit better from a competitive standpoint for this New York Jet team. Unfortunately, it's not. I think Tennessee and Derrick Henry has a big day and the Titans roll to go to 3-1. and one. I will take them over the Jets. Let's go to the NFC North. The Detroit Lions, they're sitting with a record of 0-3 after losing just an absolutely heartbreaking game in Week 3. 66-yard field goal by Justin Tucker to give the Ravens the win. They will be on the road to Soldier Field taking on the Bears. It is still a question mark who is starting at quarterback for the Bears. According to Matt Nagy, Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, and Nick Foles are still all being considered. I'm actually going to take the Bears to win this game. I think that even though Dan Campbell has done a really good job with this Lion team, you feel like they're competitive in every game. I just think the Bears, 
have enough okay players, especially on defense, to keep this game close. They showed they could beat the Bengals once. And even though Matt Nagy isn't the best coach, I feel like when his back is against the wall, sometimes that's when he just finds a way to make the playoffs. As much hate as he gets, like he did get Mitch Trubisky to the playoffs twice. So that shouldn't be forgotten. However, with that being said, his game plan on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns was an absolute disgrace. I don't think he ever gave his young quarterback a legitimate chance to succeed in that situation. And I just think whether it's Nick Foles, whether it's Andy Dalton, or even just if Justin Fields does play, the game plan will be better. The Lions' pass rush isn't great. I think that's why the Bears really struggled so much. Miles Garrett just got past Jason Peters again. I'm actually going to take the Bears to win this game at home. If they lose, it might officially be time to watch that hot seat of Matt Nagy's. I'm looking forward to this one. Two more 1 o'clock games in the AFC, both both containing an AFC South versus AFC East matchup. We'll start off the Colts, as I mentioned. They're sitting with a record of 0-3. They will be heading to South Beach, taking on the 1-2 Dolphins. I'm going to take the Colts to win this football game. I think it is a game they have to have. And if they lose this game, as bad as we thought the AFC South was, it's going to be even worse. Jacoby Brissett played well for the Dolphins last week. I totally understand that. He made a couple nice plays, and the Dolphins, quite frankly, were lucky to be even in that game as there were a lot of things that had to go right in order for Miami to tie this football game up. I think even though Carson Wentz and the Colts haven't really been able to finish drives, they are a team that historically starts slowly, and Carson Wentz is banged up. I totally understand it, but I think the Colts' offensive line plays better in this spot. I think their defense steps up. They were competitive with Tennessee for the first half. They just couldn't really capitalize whenever they had a drive going, whether it was just a timely turnover or their defense just not being able to get off the field against a good Titan team. I just think the Colts are too good of a team to be 0-4, and Miami's playing their backup quarterback. Even though I like Brian Flores, I like Chris Greer, I just don't know if Miami doesn't get Deshaun Watson what their future holds. This was a team I really liked going into the season, and I still think their defense is really good. But they just aren't playing winning football right now. They didn't last year either, and it's a concern. I like the Colts. 1 o'clock finale. This is the pretty common survivor pool pick for most people. The Houston Texans being led by Davis Mills. They're sitting with an 0-3 record right now. They'll be heading to Orchard Park, New York, taking on the Buffalo Bills. I'll take the Bills to win this game. Um... I was impressed with what they were able to do against a Washington football defense that, as I mentioned earlier, I thought they were much better than the way they played. But Buffalo, maybe they look ahead to Kansas City. Maybe this game is closer than you think. But Houston couldn't even move the ball against Carolina. And Buffalo's defense has been playing better than they had last year. I like the Bills to beat the Texans pretty handily. Not much more to say about this. By the way, when it comes to the Texans, pretty funny that Bill O'Brien thought he should even be considered to replace Bill Belichick based on the way things ended in Houston and with DeAndre Hopkins. That is an absolute disgrace. He sabotaged the Texans organization big time. Let's go to the four o'clock games. We'll start off with a pair of NFC West battles. The Seattle Seahawks. They're sitting with a record of 1-2. and two. They're heading on the road to San Francisco, taking on the 49ers. They're sitting at 2-1, and one, and this is a big game. I said it on the podcast last, week, or last Tuesday. I think if I were the 49ers, it would be time for Trey Lance to start. And I'm not changing my opinion in any way, which is why I'm picking the Seahawks. 
I don't think Jimmy G is going to be able to take advantage of a Seahawks defense that even though it's not particularly good, like Kirk Cousins and that those Vikings have weapons. They're playing with confidence on the offensive side of the ball right now. I watch San Francisco, and I don't know. Something's just a little off with them. And I know Jimmy G got them in position to win that game against the Green Bay Packers, and if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers and some just insane throws he was able to make on uh, late in the fourth quarter with 37 seconds left, I get it. The 49ers easily could have won that game. But Russell Wilson, historically, in this in these kind of spots, when his back is against the wall, he always finds a way to find a way. And even though the Seahawks are a team that when you compare their history and everything that has happened throughout Russell Wilson's career, I just think they find a way to win this game against the San Francisco 49ers and San Fran goes to a 2-2. Two two. It was a heartbreaking loss and I like Shane Waldron as the Seahawks offensive coordinator. I think Russell Wilson gets back on track. Give me Seattle over San Francisco. Arizona Cardinals, they're sitting at 3-0. They're heading on the road to Los Angeles to take on the 3-0 Rams. I think the Rams are rolling this game. I really do. And look, I love Kyler Murray. He's a phenomenal player. But Arizona had trouble with Jacksonville last week. That is something that just cannot happen. And they were, quite frankly, lucky to get out of that game with the win. Now, with that being said, Cliff Kingsbury has been more aggressive going for it on fourth down this season, which is a good sign. I'm happy that he's caught up to where the rest of the NFL has been. But I just trust Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. I think the Rams are the best team in the NFL right now. And maybe we get a little bit of a letdown coming off of the big win against Tampa Bay where the electricity at SoFi Stadium couldn't have been bigger. But I like the Rams to go out there and get the win over Arizona on Sunday and move to 4-0. The Pittsburgh Steelers, a team that has been commonly labeled to be in big, big trouble over the first three weeks of the season. The last two weeks in particular have been bad, losing back-to-back home games to the Raiders and Bengals. They'll be on the road at Lambeau Field to take on the 2-1 Green Bay Packers. And I'm going to take the Packers in this game. Even though I think the Steelers' defense is good enough to at least keep this game competitive, I just think Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, they're too good. And the Steelers' offense, they're not going to be able to score. Consistently, at least. I mean, you would hope Big Ben would play a little bit better than he has over the last two weeks just because the bar is so low. And... Look, the Packers defense played well last week. I would like to see them do it again. I just think they're the better football team right now than the Steelers. And the fact that the game is in Lambeau Field, it helps the cause. I will take Green Bay to get the win over Pittsburgh and go to three and go in three and one. Uh, Green Bay right now, in my opinion, is the third best team in the NFC. And if they keep on playing even remotely close to the way they did, especially physically. Again, like they did against the San Francisco 49ers. The Packers will be a team to watch going forward. All Matt LaFleur does is win regular season games. I think he does again here over Pittsburgh. This is an interesting one. The Baltimore Ravens coming off a monster win on a Justin Tucker 66-yard field goal. They will be on the road heading to Denver taking on the 3-0 Broncos. And it's interesting because we know the Broncos, they're 3-0, and that's a great start. I give them credit because all they're doing is winning games that they're supposed to. And historically, the last two years under Vic Fangio, that hasn't really been something they've been able to do consistently. But they've been blowing these teams out. 
And the Ravens have been winning the last two weeks, but by the skin of their teeth. The Broncos are a good team. They're playing at mile high. I think they're the healthier team, even without Bradley Chubb. And I'm taking them to beat the Ravens. I am. I think Denver goes to 4-0. I think Fangio's defense will do enough and confuse Lamar Jackson just enough to win this game at home. I will take the Broncos. Sunday night football. Buccaneers. Patriots. Tampa Bay. They're sitting at three or at two and one. The Patriots are sitting at one and two. Belichick is going to have these his guys coached up for this game. I'm sure of that. I think that there's a good chance that early in this game, maybe he gives Tom Brady a little bit of trouble and some confusion. But Tampa Bay is just the deeper talented team. They have better weapons. Hopefully their defense finds a way to play better. I don't think Mac Jones is really the type of quarterback that is going to be able to do what the Rams did last week and take advantage of the Buccaneers' issues in their secondary. I'm curious to see how Richard Sherman looks. Curious to see if Antonio Brown plays. I think the Buccaneers win this one over New England to go to 3-1. and one. And New England at 1-3 and three will have some serious questions going forward. They don't look like a playoff team to me. They don't. Monday Night Football to end it. The Raiders, they're sitting at 3-0, and heading on the road to Los Angeles take on the Chargers. They sit at 2-1. and one. I'm going to take the Chargers to win this game, and I totally understand. It's a good chance that what happens in Week 4 is going to be a repeat of Week 2 when the Dallas Cowboys played the Chargers in Los Angeles at, their, at SoFi Stadium, and the stadium was just completely taken over by Cowboy fans. I think there's a good chance that happens here as well. There are going to be plenty of Raider fans at this game supporting their team in the black and silver. Silver and black, I should say. But I think the Chargers are the more balanced team. I think that even though the Raiders' defense is improved, I think the Chargers could outscore them, and it's really going to come down to whatever quarterback plays better. I love what Justin Herbert and the Chargers have been doing. I think it's time for them to win a big home game. I don't expect them to commit as many dumb penalties as they have over the last two weeks. I think that, for me, really was a low-key part of the Chargers' win at Arrowhead that not a lot of people are talking about. They committed dumb penalties like they usually do and still win. Those have to be eliminated. I trust Brandon Staley's ability to get it done. I would take the Chargers over the Raiders. <coughs> to recap, Bengals over the Jags. Cowboys over the Panthers. Chiefs over the Eagles. Saints over the Giants. Browns over the Vikings. Washington over the Falcons. Titans over the Jets. Bears over the Lions. Colts over the Dolphins. Texans losing to the Bills. Seahawks over the Niners, Rams over the Cardinals, Packers over the Steelers, Broncos over the Ravens, Bucks over Patriots, Chargers over Raiders. Week 4, NFL Picks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Zach Kroll Sports Podcast. Episodes will drop multiple times a week as we go over all the most interesting storylines in all the sports. Look forward to talking some football, some college basketball, everything in between. And there is just nothing better than talking sports with you guys on this show thanks for listening once again if you want to get in contact with me the instagram zac underscore k-r-u-l-l twitter at z-k-r-u-l-l-3 youtube z-a-c-h-a-r-y-k-r-u-l-l this was the zach Kroll sports podcast everyone have a good one